Welcome back to Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And we are here on the eve of back to school for our respective universities. Mm. And our children. And our children. We talked a little bit about back to school for the kids last week. And now we're talking about going back to school for the university set. So both Kelly and I have a lot of experience in higher education and... There's some things that we think might help ease the transition if you have somebody going to college or if you are looking ahead at that path for your older children. Just some things that we think would be helpful to know as you set your kid on the path for college. Mm. I think one of the I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but I think one of the toughest parts about the transition is that everyone tells you college is going to be the greatest years of your life. And even Mm -hmm. as we're moving students in to the dorms this weekend. I I even am so feel so excited for them, but I forgot how I felt when I moved in. Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting this amazing experience immediately. I was I was right. thinking, "Oh, I'm going to Disneyland. It's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be amazing. It's what they all talk about, the best years of my life." And it it's terrible at first. Yeah. What was your experience like when you first went? Well, I moved into an all-girls dorm which is quite funny. I chose to move into an all-girls dorm because I thought it would be cleaner and less rowdy. (laughs) Except for every resident gets their period, so... Yeah, exactly. And it turns out that it was not necessarily the best choice, but we got very lucky. So anyway, I moved in, and I didn't really know anybody, and all of a sudden you're responsible for... Your own laundry, eating, what what, what you're going to do. No one is telling you what you can or cannot do at any given minute. And you've left your safety net of your family. So I found that I was really, really depressed probably the whole first semester. I cried a lot. I thought school was really hot, difficult. Um, and you didn't even go that far from no, home. No, I wasn't. I don't. Honestly, I don't know how people go all the way away from home, you know, mm-hmm. on planes. My, who, the woman who became my friend and my college roommate, the first person I met, and I, when I started to feel better about the experience, I think it's, you know, having a good connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. She came from Alaska. And oh, she wow. had never visited the school. She just flew on an airplane to Bangor, Maine, and she got off the plane, and there were three people waiting for her that said, welcome home. And she... She she talks about the experience. It's so funny to hear get her story her side of that story of the experience of landing at Bangor International Airport and just thinking, What have I done? This is crazy. <laughs> and she she had a lot of emotional ups and downs all through the four years, even though she loved it and she did stay. But it was really hard. I mean, she could not go home for Thanksgiving. The only time she could go home was Christmas and then in the summer. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't and even the time zone was quite quite long so I don't know how people go away we went away for graduate school James and I but we were married and <laughs> um what 28 years old I mean you know that's right. totally different and I thought that was really challenging yep I I don't know I don't even know and I can't even imagine a parent's experience of dropping a child off in another state and just driving away my sister did that so I went to state schools my sister went to a school in Colorado and has never left obviously you've heard me talk about her Mm -hmm. but my parents took her out there and dropped her off and back and back they came and then she came home at Christmas and summers and then she eventually stayed there in summers and then she eventually stayed there forever so it was a it was just a different experience for them to have them in two different places. My first college experience was totally unsuccessful. I was also very depressed. And one of the reasons why we this came up, we actually had this topic before I went to my school today did their first ever convocation, which we weren't sure how it was going to go because it was a new thing. And it was so nice. It was so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really nice way to start a, a students on a path. And the very first thing that came up was that 51% of our new college students are going to experience depression in the transition as they go from home to college. And so the the president was talking about 
the resources that are out there and that it's normal and that it's okay. And I really love that that was the beginning of this speech that we're acknowledging that mental health issues are health issues Mm -hmm. and that we have resources to help you with those and it's normal and please let us help you in his though he had like a list of five things and that one was ask for help ask you know we will put you in touch with who you need and I thought that was really I just really liked it and then we had to do the faculty and staff did a pledge to the students and then and there was a parent who was representing the parents of the new class and she recited a pledge as the parent and family members of the new students and then the students had to do a pledge and it was sort of a nice way to start and then we left and headed off to the first we do a first year seminar with all of our first year students and I teach one of those and we went to our classes to have that and it was a really nice transition it worked out really well oh that sounds awesome yeah we used to do a convocation at the school I used to work at and it was always very well received and just positive and a good way to get get things started yeah it just it just had a nice you know we have commencement and commencement is such a nice way to celebrate your accomplishment in your leaving but it was nice to celebrate the beginning because that's important too mm-hmm. so it was, it was really cool and so in teaching this first year seminar one of the things that I always tell my students at the end of the year so this is the the punchline as I teach this you know first year student experience and how to be successful at college and all of that and I always share with them on the last day of class by the way when you look around this institution, you see people who are pretty successful. You know, we have degrees and jobs and we're teaching now. But there are so many people who did not get there in a straightforward, linear way. Mm-hmm. And I am one of them. And so I tell them about how I actually failed out of college. And the reason why I failed out is because I spent all of my time in the computer lab where I was learning how to use the Internet and technology and basically... What I didn't know then was that I was failing out learning how to do what would end up being my career. The job just didn't exist yet. Mm. So it's sort of a, I always share that it's not about doing it right the first time every time. It's about being able to step back and say, okay, I screwed up. Let me try this again. Let me take it to at another angle. Mm. Well, Well, I think the stat is 17% of college students will complete a four-year degree in four years. Oh, yeah. So take the linear path. It's very unusual Mm -hmm. that you go to school and finish in the four time and never change your major. Yeah, that's that's the other one. We group these um, students by major and for this first year seminar. But one of the projects I have them do is their plan B project, which is that they have to research. Uh, they do all these like um, like a inventory testing, a skills inventory and stuff like that. Take the results and then find a career that looks interesting from the code that it gives you. Mm-hmm. And research that and I'm like I don't want you to research the major you chose because you already did that mm-hmm. and that's why you're here or else you wouldn't have picked it but you might be saying mm, having second thoughts on this one not sure about that so you need to be able to know how to research other fields and figure out what do you need to do would you have to transfer could you do it in Maine could you do it actually you know we talked about that with our friends recently, someone said, why aren't you a librarian, Gretchen? I was like, mm-hmm. there's no MLIS program in Maine. Yeah. And when I was going to grad school, the options were out-of-state tuition online or in-state tuition for the MED. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where I am. But it's always, they're very closely linked, those two things. So, um, But basically, you are likely to change your major, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. So figure out how, what you need to do to get where you need to go. James changes major. Did I tell you this story? Yes. Oh my gosh. So we entered college together and we were supposed to graduate together in January, the day before the last semester of college for him was supposed to begin and for both of us. He called me on the phone and said, hey, I just changed my major (laughs) and I just about died. And so he he his original major was. Uh, psychology which is a bachelor of arts and he transferred into engineering which is a bachelor of science and so most of the credits don't translate plus engineering is a very yeah it's totally different yeah it's a profession based you have to take all these he should totally design spaces like the psychology of spaces I tell him this all the time how because he'll say well I the psychology degree I don't use it 
he says that all the time, but he doesn't realize the different ways he's using it. So right. I always have to remind him on that. But so anyway, he did end up finishing the psychology degree because it just didn't make sense at that point. But he didn't finish it. He finished them both in the same semester. I had one class to finish for psychology. And seven years later, he graduated college with two degrees. And I think he has 240 something credits. Oh, my God. So it was expensive and um, long. But. But that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. He is not. I mean, we we see it all the time in nursing where someone will have a different degree and they come back in and accelerated nursing programs are very popular. And it's really great for the profession, actually, because, you know, if you go in and you are anything, anything mm-hmm. and people, a lot of times people think, oh, I never I'll never use that in nursing or I'll never use this in engineering mm-hmm. like James in the psychology degree. But there are so many different ways that that original degree or experience even if you didn't finish Mm -hmm. it will shape your profession and how you look at experiences or how you would approach problems in nursing so we're actually finding that the accelerated students are very much preferred by employers because they're a little more mature they typically bring a secondary skill set in with them and I'm I'm of the belief that no learning is wasted learning. Come put me to whatever it is, and I and obviously I and I try to model that for my own students. I am a lifelong learner, so I'll tell them each semester what I'm learning. Like I'm learning how to sew. I'm learning how to lift weights. I'm learning how to do this. Like just to share that I'm always learning something mm-hmm. because I do. I have seen teachers who get their four year degree, write up a set of plans for the. I'm thinking like K twelve here. Write up a set of plans for the year photocopy them every year for 30 years Mm -hmm. and then retire and never do anything and that is how like to me it's like malpractice Mm -hmm. you should be Mm -hmm. I'm always changing I'm still I'm actually still making edits to my class today on getting it set up I do the same thing I never have taught the same class twice yeah and it's and it's I don't know it's one of those things so the other thing that I want to say if you have a kid going to school it's a little late they're going this year but this is for all I guess your high school seniors out there if they are going to be a resident in a residence hall, do not let them room with someone they know. Mm-hmm. Do not let them room with someone they know. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I roomed with a person from high school and I ended up moving out and I ended up branching out and living with people I didn't, mm-hmm. I had met or that I didn't know before because our, back to my um, all girls dorm experience, we didn't know this when we picked that dorm, but after a month of school, they notified us they were going to be shutting the dorm down for construction. <laughs> so we got an automatic transfer to the brand new on-campus apartments. Oh, nice. That year. So in the spring semester, we moved to on-campus apartments. And then I ended up moving in with three people that I had met that I ne- right. didn't know before. And it was it was amazing. And to this day, we are good friends. So, And this is what I hear every year. And I tell my my students in the first year seminar on the first I just had this conversation too I'm like how many of you first of all how many of you are have a roommate for the first time you grew up with having your own bedroom mm-hmm. and That's it's almost there. everyone right. you know and then I said okay how many of you are rooming with someone a friend from high school and there's always a couple I'm like okay and I was like you gotta keep an eye on that because <laughs> I have and I really have not yet had anyone who says it on the first day say at the end of this semester you were wrong we get along great it's been awesome they all come back and say you were right I shouldn't have I I, sh- mm-hmm. I wish I had roomed with a stranger mm-hmm. and it like destroys friendships it's this whole, and I don't quite know the psychology behind it but I know it's a thing so then I tell the other students I'm like okay those of you who are feeling like oh my gosh I'm rooming with a total stranger you have the potential to have a lifelong friend now that you wouldn't have had mm-hmm. whereas I said you know I talk about how to handle it if they have a roommate problem and stuff like that but if at all possible do not send your kids to college with a friend as a roommate make them meet someone new that first day and the other piece is also I tell them is don't spend all your time texting your high school friends look up a once in a while and make a new friend Mm -hmm. and meet the people who are going to be with you in this experience because that's an important piece too and well, I don't know tough. what the stat is on that, but there's a specific statistic on first-year students, and if they transfer out, drop out, fail out, move home, mm-hmm. etc. Otherwise, they're just not, they don't successfully complete the first year or right. 
successfully probably isn't the best word and it's the the most important variable is making a close connection and whether that be yes. with a teacher or um you know someone at the university in the rec center or a friend and I would say that was true for me as well because things started to get better for me once I started to make connections within my major and friends that I was able to hang out with and that that came up at, at convocation too yeah. actually one of the things we did is he had us all stand up and turn around like kind of like a church thing but introduce like shake like shake hands with someone yeah. new and so I was in there were two rows of faculty and I was in the second row so I turned around and met the three students behind me hi I'm Gretchen welcome to Hustle. welcome to school yeah yep. and they were like hi you know and they're all kind of nervous but then I had to when I went to meet them I had a sign with my name and I stood and I had messaged the students in the morning and I was like, I'm going to have an orange backpack. I'm going to be in this location. And most of them found me there. And it was kind of nice to then walk them to class and point out different features. And and um, actually one of them today, I was explaining different things and things that could come to me too and how I'm here to help and all that. And so she's like, so basically, are you like our campus mom? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sure. I was yeah. like, yeah. Like, if you need something, I can figure out how to make sure that you get what you need. Yeah. I know everyone. I can, I know what services we have and I can help you get there. So that was one of my other tips is don't room with friends, make time room for new friends and make those connections. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And there's a, so many different ways to make connections on college campuses. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's so funny because I started college quite depressed really mm -hmm. it was a combination of a lot of things but I don't think it's unusual at all not, and no it's not I ended equally as depressed <laughs> I was well that's not very hope inspiring well no it's it's I ended elated but then when it was over over oh right because the thing about a college campus is it's basically a giant bubble of mm -hmm. everything you need mm -hmm. and you can walk outside your dorm and you have social connectedness anywhere you go. You know, you can go to wherever the college ha or university's um, dining halls are. There's sporting events. You have health on campus. Mm -hmm. You have counselors if you need them. There's places to go. There's tutor centers. And mm -hmm. I actually joined a tutor group in my freshman year. And I found that to be a very rewarding social experience because there were it was a group of people who wanted to do well on exams. And right. so there's, you know, it doesn't have to be a frat party and it doesn't have to be a football team that you join. Mm -hmm. You could do something as geeky as some may say. Did you do a sorority? No. Okay. Yep, I was you know, I always had kind of a negative impression of sororities. And so anyone out there who's on a sorority who listens. Sorry. I'm really sorry. It's just how I felt at the time. But my brother's fiance was in a sorority and she's educated me a lot on what they do and or at least for hers and my cousins my cousins my husband's cousin is not only in a sorority but she's got this like very high up position now that she's graduated college in the sorority and she travels all over the country and it's kind of fascinating the back end of mm -hmm. sororities it was never for me right but not I don't look either. at them as negatively as I used to you know once right. my perceptions on them used to be much more negative right than they are now the, so you bring up the tutor center, and that's another one that I'm constantly pitching to my students. And what I try to yeah. remind them, I think that there's a stigma around it sometimes. That yeah, even just go, saying it, I bet people are thinking, oh, oh she's special she wasn't needs doing and well. She has, no, she's actually, struggling. I did really well. It just, I, I just like the idea of yeah. having support. And even And what I tell them is that there are people, and it's true, who will go to the learning center to get help with their math, their math class. And then immediately turn around and have a tutor uh, appointment scheduled with somebody where they're tutoring someone and helping them write their paper. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about being less than. It's about knowing your weaknesses and knowing how to use the strategies and the supports that we have to like shore up those weak spots so that you can proceed through and that there's no shame in using the yeah. services we provide. And you said how it's like a bubble. I don't think I could ever not work on a college campus. It's because just so much I can joy, go, too. Well, and so, especially the first days of school is so exciting. Oh, my gosh, But it is. I can go, I drive to campus. Like you said, I can go to the dining commons. Mm -hmm. I can go get a beautiful lunch. You would love our dining commons. Mm -hmm. I can have a package shipped to me. 
I can ship packages out because mm-hmm. we have a mail room. Mm-hmm. I can write a check and get cash at the at the cashier's office. And I have and it's, I think it's probably more pronounced for me at a smaller school than it is for you. But I have experts and everything mm-hmm. at my disposal. There was one time when. Um, Wait, so what are you trying to you think you have more experts than I do? I think they're more accessible. Funny. I've never for felt me, that way. For me, for me personally. Like, I always feel like they're very accessible, but But like for example, uh someone said, Oh, I, I need an attorney to write a will. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, I don't, but let me ask mm-hmm. the head of of the legal studies program. Yeah. Who do you you know, anyone you recommend? I get a recommendation. Or there was one time when Willa had this medication and it they only like if she needed it and they could only dose it out and it was this weird thing and I couldn't understand how I was supposed to give it to her like I don't know what the dose is because they gave me like a a dropper but the dose wasn't a different thing so I went to our pharmacy department and talked to a pharmacist and said what am I supposed to do here what does this mean and he walked me through it and wrote down the direction so I knew what to do I was the I've talked about being the guinea pig for the um ob class for nursing (laughs) yeah and so they got but also there was one time when i was like i feel like something feels weird and so i went up and had one of the nurses like check me out like is everything okay and she just wasn't like an internal exam but she had me lay on the exam table and felt around was like no you're good and so basically having those kind of resources when um jamie who was on the podcast when her husband died i was like what do i tell my kids went over to the counseling department Mm -hmm. hey I need some scripts on how to talk about this with my children Mm -hmm. having and so because we're access to the library oh my the libraries anything you could ever want and people will help you the librarians are brilliant Mm -hmm. they can get anything you'd ever and even so I just did this week I was texting I was looking for Dave wanted two books and he thought they were too expensive to order our city library was out and I was like well I'll just interlibrary loan it at mine because my office is in the library. So I fill out the interlibrary loan. Two days later, the librarian puts them in my hand. And mm-hmm. so I always joke, it's like free Amazon Prime when an interlibrary mm-hmm. loan has, and it has nothing to do with, they're not academic books. I've, I have ILL books from, for Ingrid on, when I bought Dave tickets to Fenway one time, I, I um, called in some books about the history of Fenway Park and that's how I presented the tickets. Like, I'm not going to buy the book. I don't want to own this book. But I want to like have a heavy presence. So I wrapped up the library book and had the tickets clipped mm. to the front. So I love the libraries. Having those resources is huge. And the rec centers mm-hmm. have workout classes and trainers and pool times. And there's always people there. Mm-hmm. And we have 3D printers and industrial sewing machines and classes on that. And tech classes. Like you could mm-hmm. create podcasts. Yeah. It's I, and there are so many more resources on a college campus than I ever realized when I was a student on one. I felt like I used quite a few. Like, I always use a tutor center. I always use the writing center. I think students very much underutilize those two mm-hmm. places. Um, I use the health center. Even when I was in graduate school at Northeastern, I used that health center exclusively. Oh, except yeah. when I got pregnant because they, really, <laughs> they were really into OB care there. But I did all my health care there. And it was easy. You just walk in. You, yeah. know, you don't need an appointment. Um, so that's what, and that's that's another one I was telling my students today. Um, even if their computer, like if your computer is acting weird, don't take it to Best Buy. That too. Yeah, Go down to IT. IT. Yep. And and they will like there's they have certain boundaries on what they can or cannot fix, but they can at least help you diagnose it, clean it up if they need to run a virus scanner or something like that, and then they will do it. Or um, we have a health clinic. I say you know if you're sick, don't go to the walk-in care across town. Go down to the health center because it's included. Your insurance will cover it. It's you go in, they can treat you for everything. That I had a there was one day when I was coughing and have I was very just had this like bronchitis, it was it ended up being. And one of the nurses dragged me over to the student clinic, was like, I'm giving you a breathing treatment right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you need. And I was like, Okay. So they have health like the health services, it's all there. And the other thing is that I feel like uh, students need to know that it's goes back to ask for help, whether it's mm-hmm. I'm struggling and would like to see a counselor or just I'm not sure where this room is. If you see a staff person, just ask them and say, do you know if you're holding your schedule up, do you know where this classroom is? Mm-hmm. We want to help you. We want you to be there. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what I've seen now, 
I've been teaching since 2010, so it's 2008 years. Mm-hmm. What I've concluded is that, you know, it's always hard to know, was it the, you know, the chicken before the egg? Mm-hmm. Or, but the students who come for help or come to review exams or ha- do the drafts when you offer it, you know, if you if there, it's a written assignment and you offer to review a draft for no credit, but you're not putting a due, any kind of due date or points allocated toward it, but it's you're putting it out there, are the students who often don't need, who aren't at risk for, say, not successfully passing the class. Right. So those behaviors, I think, sometimes get so much stigma with them that students don't do it. Right. But those students who actually do do it, like the tutor center, the writing center, going for help, Reviewing your exams, even if you did well on the exam, those students do so much better right. than students who don't do those things. Right. So. Yeah, you have to be conscientious. Yeah. So I often, I, I, I make a lot of things mandatory just because I know if I don't, those students who actually really need it won't do it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if they're worried about, I don't know what the reasons are, but. Right. If you see that there's something wrong with your grade, so we have to, we have two systems, we have to put in a letter grade based on what we see in our grade book. But it's like all a drop down, and mm-hmm. it would be so easy to accidentally change an A to a B or something like that. And and I try to check them, and most people do. Mm-hmm. But if you're a student who thought you were going to get an A and all of a sudden you have a C, mm-hmm. you've got to call the instructor and say, "Can you clarify mm-hmm. this for me?" And then. They'll clarify it for you or they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me do a change of grade. Let me take care of this. But they're not going to take care of it years later. You have to do it in the moment. So mm-hmm. check you, check those grades, especially if you have a if they appear in two places, because what you see in the unofficial side might not match what ends up going on your transcript and can have repercussions down the line. I would say also learn how to calculate your grade based on the weighted percentages in your syllabus because there are many students who don't either know how or Mm -hmm. take the time to wait out. Some assignments are worth more or less than others depending on how your professor does it or your instructor. But but it's always good to just double check your grade, even the grade that goes into the original online system versus the one that goes on your official transcript because that even those can have errors. Right. Absolutely. And also just generally with courses, if you have ideas for feedback or something made you uncomfortable, don't let it fester to the point where you're just talk, talking among peers about how annoyed you are with XYZ or how offended you are with XYZ. Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but for me, I take those conversations really seriously. And often it's, I'm never being intentionally any way, right. you know, annoying or uh, vindictive or... right. And too easy, too hard. I mean, you know, there's always usually good reason. And and when you go fester like that, and it it can it cre- can create a negative classroom energy that actually doesn't address the problem in any way. And oftentimes, faculty have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's like anything in life, really. Just confront. And the other thing too on. is that sometimes what you'll complain about them, and this is from my own experience as a student, what you complain about the most ends up being the thing that you realize. Oh, yeah. You use the most once you're working professionally. You're like, oh, that's why they made us do all this. Uh Uh-huh. Which felt like a jumping through a hoop and felt like busy work. But now that I'm actually into my career, I get it. I cannot agree with you more. There are things that I used to complain about. And I would say, oh, my gosh, this is so ridiculous. I can't believe this. X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And then, I mean, maybe sometimes it was a couple years after. Mm -hmm. You know, some stuff that I complained about, I didn't even appreciate until I was maybe a graduate student. Right. And it's tough to know in the moment that experts know what you don't know. And the more you know, the more you don't know. Which is why you go to school (laughs) to begin with. Yeah. it's. I have students do this all the time, though. They'll Mm -hmm. say, oh, I teach a class that, I teach public health, and a lot of students are not, they don't go into nursing to be a public health nurse mm-hmm. or to be a community health nurse or to be a nurse scientist. They just don't. That's not the image that the media portrays. That's not what society expects of nurses. What do they picture? Like ER, bedside yeah. nursing? Exactly. Or whatever Hospital you Hospital nursing where 
you know, mm-hmm. they want the energy and the excitement or yeah, they want the ER with the trauma and they, mm-hmm. or they want to deliver the babies right? or they want to play with kids in the peds unit, you know? Right. And so the class I teach isn't the sexy topic that they're all, that that right. was the reason why they chose to go into the profession. So it's tough. It can be tough, but, um, it's very interesting to me how many students after they graduate, sometimes it's early, six months, sometimes it may be 12 months or even two years, but they'll email me and say, oh my gosh, I left the hospital to go work in some type of community or public health job and I love it so much and mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful that I had the opportunity to, under, to know that these other types of careers exist in nursing. So I think... I think that's the other thing, too. It's like goes back to our point about no knowledge is unuseful. Right. Is in college, and there's you'll hear this a lot. I'm sure you hear it from parents or just general public or even your mm-hmm. own students. Oh, they make us take these classes. They're so pointless. Like the art of listening to music or mm-hmm. feminine. I remember I took a intro to feminism or what's the common feminist class? Women's studies. Women's studies. Yeah, that. Sorry. And I was like, oh, I gotta take this class because it re- fulfilled some gen ed and it fit into my yep. schedule. It honestly was my favorite class. I learned so much. There was so much I didn't know about, you know, the women's rights movement and feminism in general. And then it's not this picture that we have of feminists and feminism has a broad range. And so I think that's the other important point, even for parents who are paying for certain classes, you may think, oh, this class is a waste of my money or t- or my child's time. And there's not, there's no such mm-hmm. a thing as that. And I think there's this, I this shift where people look at college as job training mm-hmm. and it's not it, and there are tra- job training type programs but college is not just about training for a job but it's about educating a citizenry mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. educating people and helping them understand diverse perspectives and helping them meet new people have new experiences add new learning take that you know you, you take these I kind of complain people say, I never use math. Like, yes, you do. You mm-hmm. use it all the time and you're not even realizing mm-hmm. you're using it mm-hmm. because it's ingrained in you. Like you're talking about figure out how to do your weighted grades, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. That's math. Exactly. It's, it's scary. A lot of people just don't know how to do that. They don't yeah. know how to figure out the weighted grade. It's and it's not difficult. And taking the, the mind like that, what is um, a course called Social Problems, was so good. And I still quote it. And it was like this whole thing that talk, uh, talked about welfare and how um you know like unpacking the idea of welfare and how they'd say oh you know they took all their welfare money and they spent it on junk food but it obviously like healthier food is more expensive or kids who they you know a poor family who buys their kid a video game well maybe they live in a neighborhood where they don't want their kid outside because they might get shot Mm -hmm. so they buy the video game to make home better or whatever like it was like being able to step back and look at the whole picture of a, of somebody's story, it was such a good, it was a great class, and that was a lot like a long time ago, fifteen years ago, it was mm-hmm. a while ago. So it's one of those things that you know you really have to know that college is not about job training, and we do prepare professionals, and especially in our fields that are mm-hmm. involve licensure and certifications and all of that, and it that is part of it. But we're also making sure that you're able to appreciate, especially in teaching and in nursing, the diverse populations you are going to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things. I appreciate every learning opportunity. And you won't appreciate it until you've gone through it. But know as a parent paying for it, there's reasons why kids take these classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually upsets me because even in doctoral programs in nursing for the PhD, there's debate about removing philosophy of science from the degree requirements and I used to write a blog a long time ago I actually stopped writing it when I was in my PhD program but I wrote a blog post about this I took the philosophy of science was the first class I took and I hated it I I started out the year I wanted to drop out I called the um, financial aid office twice to ask if I dropped out would I have to pay back (laughs) my tuition and assistantship stipends right and they said no one's ever asked us that before I'm not really quite sure (laughs) and then I thought oh my gosh no one's ever dropped out I'm so dumb and I just felt so inadequate in that class and I felt like it was not 
hitting at what I needed to know to be a neuroscientist. So I go through the majority of the class, but maybe like the last three weeks, it all clicked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. I mean, it's called a doctor of philosophy. That's what a PhD right. is. Exactly. And there's a reason why it's called that. It's about thinking. It's mm-hmm. it's a thinking degree, really, if mm-hmm. you want to get down to it. Yes, it's about generating new knowledge, but that's really boils down to thinking. Mm-hmm. And so when they talk about removing that course from the curriculum, because if you're if you're looking at it from society's views right now, is oh, we're paying a lot of money for college, so we want a solid end product. Right. We want career training. Right. We want them to be able to go on the job and do this X Y Z shovel task. ready day one. Right, exactly. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe I've just become too indoctrinated in academia, but <laughs> don't you want someone that can think themselves through a problem? Oh, yeah. You don't, you know, you can teach anyone to open a manual, mm-hmm. or maybe not anyone, but most people to open a manual and follow X, Y, Z, Q, R, S steps. Right. But, you know, our kids are upstairs right now and we had to pause the podcast because they were being loud and I went up. And they were showing me, Gretchen's daughter and my son, how they just created a car. <laughs> and they're so excited about it with the Legos. Yeah. And then they were going to make a train. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't say to them, okay, we're going to do a podcast. Now you must make a car and here's exactly how you're going to do it. Right. You know, and so the best employees, aren't they the ones who can think, create, solve problems, mm-hmm. come up with new ideas? And... I just hate the idea of cutting that. And they want it there. You know, it's happening more and more in higher ed where, oh, well, get rid of this class. Get rid of this, um, the humanities. Mm-hmm. Cut back on the arts. Cut back on general electives. They need to be done in four years. Cut back on your degree requirements, which I understand the cost. I totally understand the cost. But at the same time, a college graduate is, should be someone who can think. Right. Right? Isn't that the and whole think, point? And, and have an understanding of a lot of topics, not just one very narrow focus right. topic. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, and you know, when I, this class I teach, community and public health, like you're saying, what was that class you took? Social problems. Social problems. Probably you could rename my class social problems because it's mm-hmm. not about how do you be a nurse in the community. Right. You know, it's about these very. How do you draw blood? Right. Not in a hospital. Exactly. It's not that. And I think a lot of the other faculty who are medical surgical faculty think that's what community and public health is. Mm -hmm. Is that just exactly. How do I give a shot? Not at a hospital. And they think that's what I'm teaching. And that's what I should be teaching. But it's not. It's all about these social social issues like Mm -hmm. homelessness and addiction and um, women's reproductive uh, Mm -hmm. services and and rape and domestic violence and um, poverty. And these issues affect not just healthcare and nurses, even though that's what this class is geared to, but they affect everything. They affect education. Mm -hmm. They affect community, neighborhoods, on and on. And so I had this student, she's seriously been the best example of what you're saying is letting, is opening, broadening horizons and, opening the mind and the brain pathways Mm -hmm. to alternative ideas and she at her clinicals she just kept coming to class every day after class every week week after week oh my gosh because she was raised in a very affluent um, community Mm -hmm. and this can happen when you get yourselves in bubbles oh yeah and I worry about bubbles bubbles a lot and my husband and I had lived in a very affluent community before we moved up here and he was constantly worried about it like it's not it's not necessarily healthy to be in any kind of bubble right whether it's society's perception of a affluent fancy good bubble or society's perception of a bad neighborhood and a poverty impoverished bubble so but she she had she rightfully admitted to it and she'd say oh my gosh do you know can you believe that kids live in cars (laughs) they live in cars these kids are coming to high school in cars they they lived in their car or kids don't have food they, they go home, they don't have dinner. They're living at a shelter. They couldn't get into the shelter. Or this parent is abusing their kid. or You know, and it was just so, I don't know, it was kind of refreshing to see someone so innocent recognize right. that our, world, our social issues are so complicated. Right. And they're so much bigger than I think the average human can even understand. Mm-hmm. You know, even you or I who are aware of issues, I there are experts within every issue and oh, yeah. sub-experts. It's like when we had um, Rebecca on 
Oh, yeah. And I asked her the question about same-sex couples. And she goes, she started talking about, she's like, you know, there are experts in Methodist theology who study this oh, yeah. very topic. So, so anyhow, I just, I would, I would encourage parents to be supportive of the range of coursework, right. courses that we take in that. Even if your child does change majors or graduates and goes back for a different degree, none of it's for a waste. None of it's a waste. Right. New learning is always important. And you never know. And my my friend is so funny. She said you go to you go to college to meet a partner too, which, <laughs> <laughs> which does happen a lot. You know, you get a lot. I of, didn't. You didn't, but no. it is pretty common. It is. Yeah. Or good friends. Yeah. So, do you want to hit? Do you have any last minute tips of advice before we go to favorite things? No, just say can, definitely connections. Make connections. Say hi. It's okay to change majors. One of my it's things okay to change is universities. That it's very rare for somebody to be offended if you want to be their friend. Totally agree. Like if you are like, oh wow, I think we have a lot. Like if you say to that person, you're having conversations like, oh, and it's almost like what we've talked about, like making friends as a grown up. But nobody. And if they are, then they then you don't want to be their friend anyway. But if you were like, oh, I need to study, you know, do you want to come over to my room to study or whatever? And they are like, oh, wow, someone someone likes me. That's nice. Everyone likes to be liked mm-hmm. in general. So it's okay to initiate that conversation. Agreed. I would say. Yes. Favorite things? Yes. Okay. So my new favorite thing is my James bought me a pink Yeti tumbler, I guess. Water cup, <laughs> stainless steel. Different cup. than the other one, my pink one. Yeah, you. That was, I just got it two weeks the ago. The wine glass. Oh no! Yes, it is. That's not a yeti. Oh, the okay. wine, the pink wine glass. It's a big cup. Oh, okay. A tumbler. Okay. I think it's thirty-two ounces. Oh my god! So I guess the pink is a special edition, and he saw it at some store he was at when he was working, so he bought it for me. So it's. Pink because pink's my favorite color, so I love that part of it. But I, what I really love about it is the top. They've redesigned their lids, mm-hmm. so it there's this little flap that clicks over and covers the opening that you drink out of, so you can put it in a bag. So it's you know. It's oh, I think I saw you putting this in your giant in mom my, bag at the park in my Medela purse, <laughs> which I have no. I don't even care. That thing is awesome. It becomes. It's I mean it's very handy. I love my Medela purse. Yes. Um, was it you that called it my Medela purse? Yes. Oh, pump and style. I didn't even pump have a Medela st- pump. I had a different brand, but everyone the Medela bag is like a universal sign. It's a signal to it everyone. It is. It isn't a bad bag though, Medela bag. So I guess if my purse matches the Medela bag, then but see, I'm in. You will be shocked, Kelly, what? to know that. I didn't have that one because I didn't want the ugly bag. I wanted to have my own bag. So I bought the breast pump I used was an Amada and it was just like its own. It just came. And oh. then I found my own bags to carry stuff around because I was not going to walk around full on Medela bag. That is so funny. Well, I had the Medela pump for Cameron. And then I don't remember why I didn't have it anymore. Oh, because I had borrowed it from somebody, which I know you're not supposed to do, but please. And, um, <laughs> Breast milk is one of the most yeah. sterile. I mean, seriously. I had my own tubing. I mean, what's a pump? Right, exactly. Anyway, so I had borrowed it. And then when I had Maxwell, the Affordable Care Act had passed. So you, the breast pumps were included or covered yeah. by insurance. But only one specific brand. And it was such a piece of junk. It didn't work. It oh, didn't really? pump. It was only a single pump. So I got into a... I wrote a letter to the insurance <laughs> company... With all the science on breastfeeding, and explain to them that they're the Affordable Care Act passed this legislation that breast pumps are included by um, companies because there's all this data, and I had all the stats on like the work, the ROI on breastfeeding mothers who work. But if your pump doesn't work and you can't pump, then all of this is for nothing. The yeah. kids aren't going to be healthier. You're not saving any money. They're going to quit breastfeeding, which is not the goal. The goal is to help people breastfeed longer. So anyway, I didn't win and I didn't get the Medela from them, but I bought it myself. But I did get a notice like a year later that they started covering 
any brand up to like you got basically a stipend right my my insurance did i don't right. know about what happened with other insurances but i was so mad it didn't work yeah. you know what i mean it's like don't just get the cheapest thing because someone told you you had to right if there's science right. behind why you're doing it then do it the right way or else it's not going to work right exactly irritates me oh i was so fired up about that i bet you were I should try to find that letter so I can. So show you it have you. this tumbler, this thirty-two it's ounces. It's amazing. So why is it amazing? It has a special lid and it's waterproof. Has special waterproof. lid. You can put because the old, the the original Yetis, there's a lid like they're like coffee mugs. Let's say yeah. You don't have a Yeti. Mm-mm. I'm surprised actually. I think you'd really like it. No. I I travel. I have like a travel mug. I hate travel. It's easy for them to pile up. I actually just got rid of a bunch of them because I'm like, where are these like promo travel mugs? I have like. Two different ones that I switch between. If one gets left at the office, I have a backup one. Well, the the Yeti tops have a little hole that you drink mm-hmm. out of, but there's no cover for it. So you, you can't really put them in a bag. Okay. They're kind of difficult to travel with, I think, because it can splash up. Mm-hmm. So this this new one has a nice, nice cover over the lid. And also the pink, whatever they use to wrap it, it's kind of ru- rubbery. So it holds in your hand really well. It's not slippery. Nice. And plus, it's pink, Gretchen. Very cool. Please. I am going to, I don't think I've actually made it my favorite thing yet. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> vegan queso. My vegan queso Vitamix. Oh, yeah. A2300. <laughs> so, Kelly. And I knew it was coming, folks. had a little party mm-hmm. this week. Little little gathering. We'll get together of about 100 Literally a hundred people, <laughs> and no, I am, oh, we have to clarify, hundred one. It no, just from our neighborhood. Just from our neighborhood. That was like cutting off people. Like take, she took her list and has okay, only can be right here. Yeah, and like I didn't let James invite his best friend who lives on the other the east side, and and we have friends on the east side. They're lovely. It's lovely over. It there. wasn't exclusive, but it kind of was. It for had space, to be space restraints. And then everyone came. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. It was great though. The it was kids, it was awesome. It was a blast. Oh the kids, gosh, had, the a kids blast. had a blast. Fun time. Everyone had Lottie. fun. But I am because I am the extrovert in my relationship, and mm-hmm. I love parties, and I think it's great. And even I was like, that was a lot of people. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, that was a lot of people. And I don't even, I didn't know half of them because it was you know. Kelly knew everyone. Well, actually, I don't think you even knew everyone. Yeah, some of the people that... <laughs> so, so people, three people brought out-of-town friends. Yeah. So I didn't know those people, but I knew everyone else. But a lot of those people live on Soham. Yes. So... No ham crowd was represented by me. It, but, no, we had quite a few. Yeah. It was like five or six of them. But you. it was great. It was wonderful. It was yeah. fun. But knowing that it, there was a social occasion and Kelly had yet to taste anything that had <laughs> come... From the Vitamix Ascent A2300 Power Blender. (laughs) I was like, what am I going to make? And I was going to make a drink thing. And then I just, I had to work that day. So I just, it didn't happen. So I was like, going for it. Making the queso. Yeah. I'm making Kelly Vitamix Vegan Queso. And so I I wish I would have had a picture of it. It was just, I was very... There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Because I kept going up to her being like, Kelly. Have you tried it? Have you tried the Vitamix vegan queso yet? <laughs> and everyone's like, the what vegan queso? I'm like, it's a long story. Yeah. And I hadn't even eaten dinner. I think I was probably the last person. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure people knew each other. She was hostessing. It was exactly. wonderful. But I, it was amazing. It and was so good. Was it made out of cashew? Almond milk, almonds, cashews, red pepper. Garlic, clove, and some spices. It, Gretchen, I'm not just telling you this. No, I know you weren't because it other was people. So good. I had that's I ate that was my dinner. I had three servings of it for dinner. And the reason why I know you're not lying is because you're a good Christian woman who doesn't lie to me. Right. And and I would love the opportunity yes. to diss that Vitamix oh, yeah. A4000 500 dollar 300 machine 2300 yeah well it retails at five. Bills, yes, but I didn't pay that. It's important. I yeah. wouldn't have paid five hundred. True. And the reason why I know it was good is because I was in there, um, in the garage with all the food, talking to someone, and I heard people behind me going, "Oh my god, who made this? This is so good!" And I'm like, "Oh, what's so good? Oh, uh huh." <laughs> that keep, little dish. Keep dishing it up, ladies. 
I made a double bet because I knew you'd like it. Oh my god! And it did come out really good. And so, and I'll I'll post a link to the recipe. It's a recipe I found online from a Vitamix website. There was a lot of fancy food. I mean, I had just yeah. I we just had the burgers and hot dogs, but other people there was a salmon. Oh, I missed cream. that. I it was gone, and it's funny because the person who made it said, "Kelly, have you tried it?" And I said, "No, I'm gonna go try it." But I, when I went out, it <sighs> wasn't there, and. Then, of course, Alex made those cupcakes. Yes. Did you have one? Yeah, I did. Actually, and I went up to Alex because you were running around. And I was like, Alex. Four of them in do my you, fridge, yeah. Like, do, you, do we need to put some of these aside to make sure that she's all set? She's like, oh, no, I put them in the fridge. I'm like, okay, good. Then oh, I will have one. my gosh. Swiss meringue. I just finished the last one today. Mm-hmm. I, that, those are divine. Yeah. Div- she, you know, I know she's a children's author, but... I wonder if the she Vitamix have opened <gasps> a big shop. She what really should have. Vitamix makes a Swiss meringue. I should see oh, if she can do how that. How could what it? What if not? we can make it happen? So anyway, so it was amazing. I made the Vitamix vegan queso with my Vitamix, and I still love this machine. And I and I was getting a little bit of flack from people, Dave and myself, that I wasn't using it every day uh-huh. anymore. However, Dave and the girls have been home last week. For the last week of vacation and so I've had to go to work and so when I get up everyone's still asleep and when you turn this thing on it is loud like I did my one second video and with the sound on there's like like a couple clips apart is our power washer and the Vitamix and the Vitamix is like twice as loud as a power washer like it is a loud machine but I made that and then this morning I got up and I made a really nice healthy detoxifying I'm sure <laughs> something smoothie and I like literally poured in some coconut water and threw in a whole peach I did take the pit out but threw in a peach and a banana and we had some leftover cantaloupe and a knob of ginger and just put that thing on and 35 seconds later it is it's like a juice it's like you know those naked juices yeah it's like they must use something like that oh yeah like it's just it's liquefied like even the ginger which You'd almost expect to find like bits of ginger. No, it's just like this great gingery flavor. I love ginger and it's awesome. And I am still happy with my purchase and I do not regret it at all. My friend was telling me about um, going to a bachelorette party and the next morning trying to address the effects and how they went to Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) and they got... uh, breakfast sandwich and then that wasn't doing it and then they tried like a egg mcmuffin at mcdonald's and i the whole time i was like no 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 what you needed was a smoothie yeah that's what you needed yeah and what you're talking about right there that's totally. what that's what you needed and i i mean i probably probably made like a 20 ounce smoothie because i i had a 16 ounce glass and just had kept pouring it in until i finished it but it was so good and so refreshing. And I'm kind of excited for soup season because that, so that vegan queso yeah. comes out hot just because it does. It just, it heats up the, it's so powerful. It's not that a heating blender. element. Heats it all up. And um, and you can do soups and you can do hot chocolate. So I'm looking forward to like a snow day, like, oh, a snow day, like we talked about last I'll time. I'll be over. And uh, you, so you can make hot chocolate with like, like real, like instead of the powder and hot water, you can use like a milk or a milk, like a coconut milk. And add the real stuff and make a real hot chocolate in it. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So I am still happy with my blender. And I'm glad I got it. And I'm still enjoying it. And I don't care what anyone thinks. My ninja is still working great. Make my daily smoothie. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure by the time Gretchen's done. She's going to. When that ninja dies, James will be. I'll be like, James, you know what looked good in the back of that? Odyssey? <laughs> Vitamix. I do love, I am not kidding you, that Odyssey is amazing. Mm-hmm. It, I love it more every day. In fact, I had to drive the Subaru the other day. <laughs> Yesterday. I don't know why I had that, why I had to drive it. I think James had kids with Van. But anyway, and I got in that Subaru and I was like, gosh, this car stinks. <laughs> it doesn't ride very smooth. doesn't have the features. It doesn't adjust my seat for me. Doesn't even know I'm in the car. Yes, it's not talking to me. It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, this thing. I have to steer it because it's um, an automatic. Yeah. I can't see the road in front of me. I, I can't know. push it. Oh, I opened the gate. Oh, because I was bringing you something. Yeah. The, Your pirates. The dishes. The dishes. dishes that I got. Yeah. 
I found a steal on Pyrex dishes at Martin's, and I so now I have even more glass containers. I picked up a couple packs for myself and one for Gretchen. But I went to open the back gate of the Subaru, and I I walked away with it up just quickly, and I was like, oh yeah, shoot, I don't have a button for that because my van's got the button. Uh. Put the back down. I mean, it's gonna be tough because I think when school starts back up, James will need to take the van a lot more. Oh, that's so sad. Because he's gonna have the kids, and I'm yeah. not to drive the Subaru. I'm gonna just miss it so much. You will miss it for I really sure. I am, and I feel like I'm gonna get more use out of that in terms of bringing extra people because I'm always down to have an extra kid or so. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't feel like James is gonna be as. No, you should have seen. So one of our friends picked up Willa today for a play date, <laughs> and a. In a non minivan, in an SUV that has oh, a third row. Oh, it was an row. SUV. Oh, so she did it was have an Atlas. She did have the Atlas. Yes. I thought she was trying to shove them in the no. Gulf. Okay. And so she was like, "Well, I didn't want to put the third seat up and leave anyone out because there were three girls, and there are two booster seats for her kids that are in there. So, so we won't leave anyone out. But then trying to get them all buckled in, and she like turned around <laughs> and laughed, and she was like, "You're totally gonna tell Kelly about this." And I was like, "Uh huh," because people think. People think, oh, it's a third row. It's just like a minivan. It's totally fine. And it is not. No. And you don't know it until you don't know it until you've lived the life, until you've experienced the lifestyle. Well, getting like the back Vitamix. to the third row is its own adventure if it's, right. if it's not a minivan. Because, yeah, the Atlas is one of the best, though, for getting back there because the button, the whole seat. that Does can, it do it with a booster seat in it? No. And that's the issue. Because yeah. when we were looking at them at third row SUVs before we just decided to go to the minivan we we got in the atlas we got in all of them we looked it around and we said that we said this is awesome the way this flips back but you'd have to take the booster seat out every time yeah it's not how that's that's not awesome anymore no and the doors no. they glide you can push the button Ooh. they just open up it's they so don't great. nick a car mm-hmm. and I don't I'm, it's even growing on me the look of it yeah. I saw it parked out front. I didn't like the idea of it parked on the street last night. <laughs> I said to James, don't do that again. I don't want her out there. I was, But we were drinking our coffee on our front lawn this morning in our Adirondack chairs. They're plastic. But um, I just want to clarify that. We're not that fancy. And I was looking at it and I was like, you know, it's really, it's really not that ugly. It's not I've that ugly. I've even started to convince myself that it's kind of sharp. So wait, just wait till you get a Vitamix on your counter. Whatever oh, I wonder what it will take to put a hit out on the Ninja Vigils and be like, oh, I just dropped it, Kelly. Oh. Well, we, we make smoothies every single day. This week, I did a different breakfast because the downside of the smoothies, they take forever. And just like you. Oh, wait, they take forever? Well, because Oh, in gotta, a Ninja. Well, mm-hmm. no, you got to put all the different ingredients in there. And, and the other thing, too, is like you, we don't want to... St- do it until the kids are up because they don't want to wake them up. Right. So I feel like there's a little too much of a delay. This is the reason why you haven't been making yours, which is I completely understand. Yeah, because of the sleeping kids. So I'm I just I know next week is gonna be crazy. So I made a different breakfast, a prepped breakfast. I'm gonna see how that goes. But I'm I, excited. I'm so I need to I need to get that motivation. I took pictures to send to Dave, so maybe he'll do it. It <laughs> makes your week so. The lunch we've always done, but the breakfast, that's a whole new thing. Yeah. And James loves the idea of it, too. Because then we can just wake up and boom, it's done. Yeah. Saves you a lot of time. And While it doesn't take any longer. You're... Right. I just cooked all that. That didn't... That wouldn't take... That took me the same amount of time it would do to take to cook that every single day. Mm-hmm. Which, no, that'd be more time. Right. Like four times the time that it took exactly. to do it in one day. Very exciting. So, but, anyway... And now that you have your Pyrex dishes... I will be sure to keep an eye out for Vitamix sales and let people know. And I'll post a link to the vegan queso. And mm-hmm. putting anything in and having it come out as like this delicious drink really is making my day. And I can't wait to like do soups. I'm psyched for that. I'm looking forward to it. You should do a corn chowder. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I think I'm going to do a, I have a squash. I think I might do that in my Instant Pot and get it all soft and then put it in the Vitamix and make a, oh. some kind of soup. But it has to be not 80 degrees. I'm so upset I didn't get a picture of your vegan queso. It would have been good for the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Sorry, folks. It was amazing. And I took it. So then I took it after we left here. I took it to my other friend's house because I was heading down there. And it was interesting. The interesting thing there was that I was like, it's my Vitamix vegan queso because I have to I have to brand it, of course. And the men at that gathering were like, the fuck's a Vitamix? And the women were like, I know what a Vitamix is. Yeah. (laughs) Someone said that's like wedding registry 
blender. <laughs> well, James knew, but he's kind of. But he, but he he's also kinda... he's the cook, and he worked in the store. He saw them. He yeah. saw the demos. He was like, he knows nice things in scones. Yeah, exactly. That's why you too? He trusts you. I, I asked. Did I already say this on the podcast about the Sienna versus the Odyssey? I don't know if you did on the podcast. Right? I said, James, why did why did you go with the Odyssey <laughs> over the Sienna? Because you know the Sienna's. Yeah. I mean, I knew he'd want the rated one because that's just how if he's gonna make a purchase that's just how it is he goes oh i just trust gretchen i knew she did all the research (laughs) (laughs) i did anyway so we will so we are going to for the fall we're actually going to switch to an every other week yeah release schedule sadly and just because we got some uh, busy stuff going on and then we'll see how it goes so depending on though if we maybe we'll have some bonus episodes in there but basically we won't, don't want you to expect it we're gonna uh, under promise and maybe over deliver yeah but we're gonna go every other week yeah. yeah as we get ramped up with our new school year and all of that so you will hear from us in two weeks and you can always find us on Facebook you can email us leave us a review find us on Instagram Kelly uh, has been posting some stuff on Instagram now including the picture of my lunch that she was very proud of in this mm-hmm. glass dish and we look forward to connecting with you and so we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks bye bye